Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We stream live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays at DocWashburnShow.com. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at This is episode 68 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Monday, January 17th, 2022. Coming up, are you as sick and tired as I am of rhinos in Congress selling us down the river? I'll tell you how you can help send one packing in the primaries and what big conservative name is already, already endorsing his opponent in just a moment. Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious The last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't let me say that on the radio. And, yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having very serious negative reactions to the vaccines. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, it is an honor to welcome our next guest, retired Army Colonel Conrad Reynolds, uh, you, you've got a, a big announcement about a big endorsement, right, sir? Uh, really Wait a minute. Uh, sh- should I turn your microphone up? Sorry about great. that. <laughs> there we go. I have a big announcement and yes, one sir. that I'm extremely proud of. Yes, sir. Because I'm the only one in Arkansas to have this endorsement. All right. You want to hear it? Uh, I want to hear right. it. Uh, I was, I was endorsed by uh, Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. That's and, a big deal. And Mike Flynn, uh, I mean, he is a hero in my book. Uh, he spent 33 years protecting this country. Uh, I just, uh, I am in, I, I'm in awe, and I really do thank him uh, for putting, lending his support, lending his name, and getting behind my candidacy because he believes, just like I do, uh, we need to get rid of rhinos. And Absolutely. So, and that's what we're doing. We're going to get rid of a rhino right here in central <clears throat> Arkansas. Now, General Flynn stated the Republicans in name only, rhinos in Congress, have shown they are unwilling to stand up and fight for America First Principles. Conrad is a strong leader who will take up the fight. That's why I'm wholeheartedly endorsing Colonel Conrad Reynolds to be your next congressman and why I'm asking Arkansans to vote for him in the Republican primary May 24th to be your next representative in Arkansas's 2nd District. Also, General Flynn said his primary opponent, French Hill, voted with Nancy Pelosi and Rhino Liz Cheney to form a January 6th commission, which is nothing more than a legal witch hunt, to punish President Trump and his allies. He'll also voted to confirm Biden as president while undercutting President Trump's assertion that the 2020 election was stolen. In fact, Hill stated that Trump's claim of winning the election was fiction and folly. But wait, there's just a little bit more. Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn, a great American patriot, an American hero, said we need leaders like Conrad who have a proven track record of putting America first. Conrad has been a fighter his entire life, serving our country in dangerous areas around the world, demonstrating his unwavering patriotism and courage, traits we desperately need in Congress. I'm proud to stand with him, just as I did while in uniform, in our shared mission to save our republic. You know, I, I, I just think that our current congressman doesn't understand what's at stake here. I mean, we, we see the gas prices going through the roof. We're starting to see more and more empty shelves. We go to the grocery store in central Arkansas and, and you know, people listening to other parts of the country, too. 
And it's just like so many of these guys, including U.S. Congressman French Hill from the 2nd District of Arkansas, are in some kind of a bubble that doesn't seem to affect them. Well, they've turned their back. Uh, French Hill has turned his back on the people of Arkansas. And uh, it's time for him to retire and move on. Uh, he's been there eight years. Uh, we see what happens when you have rhinos in Congress. Uh, look at Liz Cheney. They are, they go back 30 years, Liz and French. Yeah. Well, you know, it's time, and we've got a video. I think you've got a clip on that. I don't know if you're going to be able to play it, but there's a clip that shows, if you go to my website, electconrad.com, you're going to see it, uh, or my Facebook at Colonel Conrad Reynolds uh, on Facebook. You will see Liz and French talking about how much they appreciate and love each other for the last 30 years. It's time to change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is time to change. Now, I want to uh, <clears throat> I want to play a little clip from MSNBC before we get to the uh, – oh, I'm sorry, CNBC. Before we get to the uh, the video with uh, with Liz and French, I want to play a little clip from, uh, from CNBC from January 6, 2021, to get French Hill's on-the-spot – uh, reaction to what was going on at the Capitol. Uh, those are my listeners. You, you might remember a guy named Shepard Smith, used to be on Fox News, left in a huff, and you're probably like, oh, yeah, I remember that name. What in the world ever happened to him? Well, he, he went to a cable access channel called CNBC that nobody watches. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, he was talking to U.S. Congressman French Hill on the day of. Now, I'm not going to play this whole thing, but just enough to kind of get a flavor of what was going on that day. Congressman French, was the president, is the president responsible for any of this as he told people that he will not accept the results of the free and fair election and that he will never concede? Now, again, French is going to accept the premise that November 3rd, 2020 was a free and fair election. Just check this out. Is the president in any way responsible for this? And if so, what should the president do now? I think the president bears responsibility along with others that have misled the American people that they think that the counting of the electoral college votes could lead to a change of the outcome of the November 3rd election. That's not a constitutional responsibility of the Congress. It wasn't going to happen. Okay, now wait a minute. Every time a Republican president gets elected, there are always Democrats in Congress who object to electors. Always. And, I mean, he doesn't realize this? Apparently not. I mean, I I cannot believe this this guy is my representative here in central Arkansas. Uh, And it infuriated me when I heard this. And he was on, that was on live TV. Yeah. And uh, on the same day, and he was saying that. The day of. The day of. Yes, sir. And he hasn't backed down. I mean, he, 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 he called it the idea of the election was stolen a fiction and a fallacy. Um, you know, I'll never forget. I had dinner with somebody from French Hill's office. He's no longer with him, but I had dinner with somebody from French Hill's office between the election and the end of the year 2020. And he said, well, Doc, look, courts have turned down 50 different uh, lawsuits that Trump has brought. I mean, it's just not, you know, there's there's nothing there. I said, okay, at that point, Trump had only brought three lawsuits. Other people who were trying to help out, you know, allies had brought a bunch of other ones. I said, guess how many of those courts allowed for evidentiary hearings? His response was, I'm afraid you're going to tell me. Because, again, 
when you have a rhino, he just accepts the liberal mainstream media template on whatever's going on and doesn't have the intellectual curiosity to see what's really happening. Uh, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you told French Hill or his staff that several of those swing states um, had secretaries of state and or governors that changed the election laws unconstitutionally because the legislature right. has to do it, exactly he'd be like, right. what are you talking about? Right. No clue. Uh, no clue. And, and no, no, curi- no curiosity to find out. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so we see what's going on with prices going through the roof and our supply chain situation. And we're hearing from economists that, you know, the worst is yet to come. Exactly. And we got mandates. All of these things have happened because of the rhinos in Congress. Yeah. We've got to fix it. And we're going to fix it. We're going to start right here in central Arkansas. Absolutely. Now, speaking of which, I'm going to mention this again. Uh, if you're in central Arkansas, if you're actually in uh, the second district of, of Arkansas, we're going to have a meet and greet for Colonel Conrad Reynolds uh, tomorrow. That's Tuesday afternoon from 4 to 6 at Whole Hog Barbecue on Cantrell. And I think the first few people uh, that get there get a gift certificate to uh, Whole Hog and a Let's Go Brandon bumper sticker. <laughs> you like Conrad Reynolds' uh, bumper sticker? We have bumper stickers. We have signs. Yeah. And uh, encourage everybody to come out. I would love to meet you. Uh, come out and say hi to us. Uh, we're going to be there for a couple hours. And I'll stay as long as necessary. Uh, personally, yeah. to meet as many people who want to sit and talk or ask me questions. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the priorities you, Conrad Reynolds, have uh, that are being neglected by a current U.S. representative? Well, uh, number one, we're going to fix the border. Yeah. That's number one. You know, and I talked about this the first time we and I talked, and it was in 2017 and 18 we had an opportunity uh, to secure the border and fix immigration. We had an opportunity to perhaps even balance the budget yeah. or pass term limits or <laughs> or regulate these big tech companies that are silencing speech. We have an opportunity to do that in 17 and 18. And what happened? We didn't no. because of the rhinos that were in Congress yeah. that were never going to do anything that Trump really wanted to do. How many times did they tell us they were going to try to get rid of Obamacare? In 14, 15, 16. Sure, sure. And they said it was because of Obama. If we could just get the presidency. Well, we gave them the presidency. We gave them the House. Right. We gave them the Senate. Right. And they couldn't get it done. So that tells you all you need to know about continually voting for the people who are in office who are rhinos. We need to change the equation. The only way we can do that, ladies and gentlemen, is in the primary. The primary on May 24th. Yeah. That's when we have an opportunity to really make a difference. Otherwise, we're left with the same old, same old, right? The people that uh, – the, the choice between two bad choices. And uh, and that's how French Hill has stayed in office, to be quite frank. Yeah. You know, I had a few people tell me a few weeks ago, uh, well, you know, at least having French Hill is better than having Joyce Elliott, who was the Democrat who ran against him in 2020. And I said, you know – I would have agreed with you until French voted for $450 million for the federal government to set up a vaccine, a vaccination uh, database to help the feds and the state health departments keep track of who's vaccinated, who isn't. And I found out something after I said that. This is so hilarious. I talked about this at the Pulaski County Republican Party meeting uh, their tacos for Taco Tuesday thing, and I think it's early December. And I found out later that a representative, uh, uh, someone with French Hill's staff, was there, and he was getting very upset. He said, 
It's not to set up a vaccination uh, uh, database. It's to, it's to fortify, it's to strengthen the vaccination database that's already there. I'm like, well, that makes it even worse. Are you kidding me? That was the one thing of all the stuff I brought out that night about what French Hill has done, like like saying that it's you know, a fiction and a fantasy, that the election was stolen, voting for the January 6th commission, voting to keep Liz Cheney and Republican uh, Party leadership. That's the one right. thing that upset the guy, the guy, the technicality. It's not setting up the database. It's strengthening and fortifying the database. Oh, oh okay. So that's the thing that upsets you. And, well, and here's the other thing. That's a real time. Yeah. Real time, which means they can use it when you get on an aircraft. Yeah. Or any ticket they can check to make sure. sure. You're going to have a QR code that they're going to be able to read and be able to say whether you're up to date or not, or up to date or not. That's a big problem. Yeah. And I'm telling you, we cannot allow that to continue. Uh, we need to stop it in its tracks. I don't think that the Supreme Court went far enough. No. I appreciate what they did, but they, we need to get rid of mandates, period. Yeah. And, um, and so we're going to be working on that when I go to Congress. Now, I want to go back to something that you alluded to, um, kind of odd, that the first two years of Donald Trump's uh, uh, administration, we had the White House, the Senate, and the House, and Congress, despite what President Trump wanted to do, Congress really dragged their feet on some things. And I think part of the problem there, who was the Speaker of the House? Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. Okay. And Paul Ryan, you know, you want to talk about the border, you want to talk about immigration, he was as pro-amnesty as any Democrat out there. And so he wasn't going to play ball. And so here's my concern for the next session, if we do win back the House, the Republican Party, I believe we're going to. You got this guy, Kevin McCarthy, who everybody thinks is, um, well, you know, he's the minority leader, so he should be the next speaker. But, you know, he's renting a penthouse apartment from – Democrat pollster Frank Luntz, and he's just tone deaf, I think, to what's going on. And I would hope that when you get elected to the U.S. House, you would vote for somebody besides Kevin McCarthy. I'm I'm hoping Jim Jordan stands up. You know who I really hope stands up? President Trump. I hope he comes in and and we make him the speaker. That'd be great. We could do that. That'd be great. And he would be my first choice. And he could do that, and um, I don't know if anybody has read up on how that's possible. But you don't have to be a member of the House of right. Representatives to be the Speaker. Right. And and we could vote for him and put him in, and that would be my first choice. But I will tell you, Kevin McCarthy, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about initially 100% no way. Yeah. But I will just tell you, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who yeah. I respect, she's a fighter. Yep. She has said he's really going to have to change a lot for her to earn her vote. Yeah. So I'm going to give him a listen. Sure. I'm going to give him a listen. Understandably. Okay. But I will tell you that if he doesn't toe the line, he's, right. he's, he's not going to get my vote. Right. Guaranteed on that. So, and that, that vote, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening right now, is very important. The very first vote that French Hill made in 2015, you know what it was? No. He voted for John Boehner. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. No, yeah, I do remember speaker. that now. Yeah. Because I was already doing local talk radio in Little Rock. And I had him on, and I had, uh, I think, a couple of other U.S. representatives on from Arkansas. And I'm going, guys, what are you doing here? And, right. and, and, and they're all like, no, no, don't worry about it. No, he's a good guy. He's conservative, and we're going to have the conservative agenda. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't look like that from here. Well, it doesn't. And, and we don't have a conservative agenda here because not one of our congressmen are in the Freedom Caucus. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be the first one here in Arkansas to be in the Freedom Caucus. If you don't know what that is, that is the anchor of 
conservatism that's keeping the Republican ship from drifting too far left. They're trying their best. Yeah. And I want to be a part of that because I think that instead of 40 people in the Freedom Caucus, we need 140 in the Freedom Caucus. Absolutely. So for the next two years, for 2022, 2024, we need to start electing people who are going to change Congress, and they're going to be there when the new president comes in in 2024. It's going to be either probably President Trump or uh, maybe DeSantis. I don't know who yeah. it's going to be. But we will have the people in place because we only have a two-year period. We've only got 2024, 2026. Yeah. Those are the two years we can really make a lot of change. Absolutely. But we've got to have the right people in Congress. And so that's where we're going to start right now in the second district, and we're going to put Colonel Conrad Reynolds in office. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, I want to play. I want to play this video here of um, French Hill with his good buddy Liz Cheney. This was in October 2020. Okay. <laughs> Facebook is one of those deals where <laughs> you you hit play and it's like, yeah, but you don't want to hear it, do you? It 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 doesn't unmute the it doesn't unmute the audio. So let me see to the far right. Yeah, I know, but if I if I pause it, then no, there's a speaker. I think there. Okay, so uh, somebody we'll I serve with in the here. house. I'm uh, honored to be here on behalf of uh, uh, my really dear friend French Hill. Uh, somebody I serve with in the house. Uh, Liz Cheney's been my friend for a quarter of a century. We worked together with President Bush. I have valued Liz's work ethic, her intellect on foreign policy, defense policy, for really. Uh, Almost three decades now, and it's she's just first rate. Our America is so lucky to have her in Congress representing Wyoming, and it's great in campaigns, Jay. Your friends come together. You know that's the beauty of campaigning is it brings out all your friends to work with you. Okay, so nothing changed as far as French Hill support for Liz Cheney after she voted to impeach Donald Trump. Um, you know, there were some conservatives, people in the Freedom Caucus, in right, the House, right. who said, okay, this this tears it. You know, we got to take her out of uh, House leadership, the Republican Party in the House. So they had a secret ballot. And the first time, they voted 70 to 30% to keep her in. And a lot of us were frustrated because of a secret ballot, but that's the way they do things. But then... French goes on the morning show, the radio station I worked at in Little Rock, said, oh, I was proud to vote to keep her in the House leadership because she's an outstanding conservative I've known for over 30 years. And I'm like, okay, wait. An outstanding conservative who votes to impeach Trump on the second impeachment, which was uh, just days before he's leaving office, over what? Right. That was fiction and folly. Yeah. <laughs> that was fiction and folly. The Absolutely. fact that they, they just made that up. They hated Trump. They don't want him running again, and that's why they did it. And I, I'm telling you what, we got to get rid of these people who are backstabbers, and, and, and they are. They're cowards. And so we're going to fix it. There's a great philosopher who once said, they smile in your face all the time. They look to take your place, the backstabbers. So that, <laughs> that, that should be French Hill's campaign. <laughs> Because he did. He stabbed Trump in the back. It was outrageous, saying that President Trump's rhetoric leading up to January 6th is unforgivable. What rhetoric? I mean, I, you know what? I bet your French Hill doesn't know that five swing states stopped counting votes all at the same time on election night. I bet, I bet he has no idea. I bet he doesn't really care. Right. I did, he just doesn't really care. Yeah. And the, he got, they got what they wanted. They got Trump 
out of office. And yeah. that's what they, and they want to keep him out of office. And that's why you have this witch hut, uh, that's going on this January 6th committee, uh, led by Nancy Pelosi and Liz Cheney. Um, that's all, that's the only reason they're doing that. Yeah. There's no question about it. And it's just, um, it's, it's outrageous. I, I think that, uh, Representative Hill is, uh, is completely out of touch, uh, with, um, uh, with his constituents. You know, I heard that a few weeks ago he went and spoke to the, uh, Saline County Republican party meeting. Um, and I'm told that eventually, uh, whoever his handler was there with him had to uh, say, okay, well, we got to go now because every question was furious, right? E- everyone. And the idea that he doesn't think there's a problem with Lieutenant Michael Byrd shooting unarmed protester, Ashley Babbitt, January sixth of the Capitol, just, I uh, just, I'm flabbergasted. Well, there, well, there's a uh, police officer, Capitol police officer, that was so negligent that he left his weapon in the bathroom. Same guy, same yeah. guy, yeah, same yeah. guy. And they didn't fire him then. Uh, and then he is the one who shot her, uh, which, in my mind, is as you said before, anywhere else in the country, he would have been indicted. Right, right, and, and you know, comes out recently here in, in the news that he refused to even speak to um, the the police when they were investigating the shooting. Right. You know, the only interview this guy did was a really softball interview with Lester Holt on NBC. And what this guy admitted, this is like 33 seconds, what he admitted makes me think anybody else in any other situation like this would have been indicted. Check this out. Give a listen to this. I didn't even know it was a female until hours way later, sometime later on that night, uh, before I even found out that it was a female. And, you know, because the call of shots fired and went out, um, you know, it was later, I, you know, found out that the uh, subject did not have a weapon. But there was no way to know that at that time. And I could not fully see her hands or what was in the backpack, or what the intentions of. So you didn't know she was a female, couldn't see her hands, had no idea what her intention was, didn't know what was in her backpack, so shoot her dead. I mean, for the life of me, you know, I've never been in law enforcement, but so why did you shoot her? Right. You know, I mean... And they have video of it. Anybody can go watch it. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. He had his weapon pointed at her or at the door uh, long before he actually pulled the trigger. Sure. So he had time to think about it. It wasn't a reactionary thing. And unfortunately, this gentleman should have never been in uh, in law enforcement. Right. He's already proven that he's negligent. Yeah. But that pretty much got swept under the rug. Nobody wanted to talk about it. There's no warning. There's several cops standing around her, not not trying to stop her from doing anything. Uh, it's, it's outrageous. It is outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. So, um, 435 members of the U S house, a hundred members of the Senate. Obviously we need to replace as many rhinos as we can, uh, in, in both houses, the house and the Senate, you're running to replace French Hill in the Republican primary coming up in the second district of Arkansas, uh, coming up uh, May 24th. Right. Um, so what can you and like-minded U.S. representatives get done when you guys take over the House um, less than a year from today? 
Well, I think the, the very first thing that we can do is we can start opening up investigations that should have been done yeah. already. Yeah. There's a whole lot of things that we can do from an investigative <laughs> standpoint. Some of my big concerns right now is we have a complete loss of faith in our institutions, the FBI. I mean, who wants to sit down with an FBI agent and do an interview right now without their attorney? Not a chance. Not a chance. No one, okay, because they know that they saw the notes. What do you want us to do with Flynn? You want us to entrap him? You want us to get him to lie? Sure. I mean, this is what they said. This this is at the top levels. Yeah. So no one no one trusts the FBI right now, and it's unfortunate because I know a lot of FBI agents and great people. Yeah. The line the, the people who are actually working at the uh, in the field offices across the United States are great people. It's the leadership, and we've allowed this poison of uh, this ideology uh, get up to the top. And then it's at the top of all these organizations, NSA, which is National Security Agency, right. the CIA, the FBI. And those institutions have to be cleared out. Okay, we really have to get rid of those people, and we need to make have a way for to restore what I call faith in government with the people of America. And it's going to take a while to do that. Yeah, now, and, and you know, we, we often hear it's just the leadership. The, a lot of local guys, local field offices are great. Uh, the problem with a lot of Americans looking at the FBI, though, and looking at the arrests of over 700 people mm-hmm. for just wandering around at the Capitol on January 6, 2021, or a lot of whom never even went into the building, right? Right, is that a lot of these awful takedowns and arrests, and you know, six o'clock in the morning before the sun comes up, and uh, you know, uh, handcuffing everybody, and uh, can't call your lawyers. Unfortunately, a lot of these are happening from agents at field offices, and people you. are looking at this going, wow, I always thought it was just the leadership, but this is this is very troubling. Well, the leadership tells them what to do. Yeah, true. And so the fact is is that I mean, I've, I've got a lot of friends in the FBI. I've talked to a lot of them, and they are embarrassed. They are embarrassed by what's been going on over the last five or six years uh, with Comey, with McCabe, with Strzok, um, stroke, whichever, however you want to pronounce Yes. It. Uh, those are the individuals that unfortunately have authority. And most of these organizations have a, kind of a military structure. Yeah. And they abide by the rules. And the, I mean, they got families, you know, they got mortgages and they're sure. trying to do their sure. job. Sure. But sure. a lot of, they don't agree with it. Right. And my point is, is that we can, we can fix it, but it's got to start at the top. And we, we got to start prosecuting those people, those who are responsible for what they've done. For example, why isn't McCabe prosecuted? Right. Why isn't he prosecuted? McCabe struck, struck a lot of them. None of them. Why wouldn't Hillary prosecuted? Yeah. You know, for, for the uh, her server and her bathroom. The whole point is if I had done that, that would have been horrible. Look at... Um, Hillary destroyed evidence. Look at Swalwell. Yeah. He's on the House Intelligence Permanent Subcommittee. Yeah, and he had an affair with a, a female Chinese spy. I want to fix that. And here's yeah. I want to fix that. And nobody's going to like me when I bring this up. But you know what? I have to get a polygraph in order to maintain a top secret clearance. Yeah. Why, why don't they? It's a voluntarily position. They yeah. don't have to take a, a seat on the hipsy or the sissy. And so I think everyone who takes that needs to be polygraphed. We'd get rid of the Swalwells. Okay. The hipsy or the sissy? We're talking the sissy about is intelligence committees for intelligence the committees for the House and the, and the Senate, right? Okay, um, which by the way has access to all the top secret classified information of the government. 
Yeah. To include Cold War stuff. That is important. They have a huge responsibility. And to have someone who is in bed with a Chinese spy. Yeah. And there's nothing that can be done about it. That's wrong. Yeah. You need to fix that. <clears throat> now, the other day, Deputy Attorney General, National Security Division, Justice Department, was being, uh, was under oath testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee and mentioned that, um, they've opened up a new counterterrorism unit basically to focus on people who uh, are against the current regime because they could be domestic terrorists if they have a problem, of course, with the government and the way things are going. And, uh, you know, some of our senators are like, okay, wait, that seems to be a First Amendment issue. But, uh, you know, is is this one of the things that should be investigated when Republicans take back over the Senate and the House? Not only investigated, we need to threaten them with pulling all their funding. Yeah, I mean that's the big that's the big hammer that Congress has. Yeah, is pulling funding from these organizations uh, that are abusing the power that has been given to them. So, uh, and I think that that's what we're that's what we need that's what we need, and that's what I'm going to start doing when I get there. Right. Okay. Now, um, what I want to ask you in in a minute um, is about the the financial situation, the economic situation of the Biden administration, because it's really, really hurting our, uh, our economy. I want to get to that in just a second. But first, let me just say a word for my friends at Red River Your Way. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online. They'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options that you have f- complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can determine what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental United States, redriveryourway.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, I, I want to mention something. We're talking to Colonel Conrad Reynolds. He is the conservative. He is the America First candidate for U.S. House of Representatives from the 2nd District of Arkansas, big Republican primary coming up May 24th. One of the things Donald Trump warned about, he said, if Biden gets into office, China takes over. And we're seeing their economy booming and our economy cratering. We're seeing inflation like we haven't seen in almost 40 years. We're seeing people having a a more difficult time buying groceries, not just because the price is going up, but because there's some shortages. Um, And obviously, 
the guy in the Oval Office, he has dementia. I mean, he, 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 he's gone. He has a hard time putting sentences together. I don't know who's pulling his strings. But what's going on with our economy seems to be intentional because they keep on doubling down. The idea of, well, you know, if you're digging a hole, you might want to stop digging. That, that's lost on these people. Right, so right. What, what can Republicans do when you take over the House and the Senate um, less than a year from now uh, to try to stop the bleeding of this country financially? Well, there's a couple of things. First off, I'd like to bring up, we're at 7% inflation. Yeah. This is worse than the Carter years of 1977. Yeah. It's worse. And so, uh, yeah, we have some huge problems uh, on, on the horizon. I think that Congress is going to have to stick together, and we're going to have to override a lot of the things that, that, that this particular president has already done. We, uh, it's real simple. We go back and look at the Trump playbook for the economy. Yeah. Everything that Trump did made the economy just go gangbusters. Yeah. Everybody knows that. We were firing on all eight cylinders yep. when President Trump was in. Everything that he did, everything that Dr. Navarro, all those people, the economic geniuses who were in the White House at the time, yeah. uh, told him to do. Um, Steve Cortez, I mean, another brilliant guy. Right. All of these people brought up the policies. We need to go back to those policies, and we need to do it as soon as we can. The problem we're going to have right now is, again, we've got Biden is in the presidency for three more years. Yeah. By the time I get into Congress, he will have him for two more years. Right. Unless, unless there's something else that happens. But in the foreseeable future right now, he's gonna, we're going to be stuck with him. Yeah, well, stuck with him, or for some reason, uh, you know, Kamala Harris and half oh, the uh, the cabinet pull the Twenty Fifth Amendment, then right. stuck with her, and uh, she's just not all that bright. She's not. Uh, she's not. So I, uh, we're going to have some huge challenges. I think that this first step right now for us uh, here in the Arkansas and the Second District is to start getting rid of this rhino. We put a conservative in. We need to do that across the country. Uh, once we have the Freedom Caucus. You know, in place. Yeah. I think that we have enough gravitas. We have enough uh, people and enough votes to really make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm hoping so. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't just roll over. we got to fight back. I mean, this is our country, which is at stake. The, the, this is our, our children and our grand, grandchildren's uh, lives. And, you know, the idea that this, that this debt has gone th- through the roof and the idea uh-huh. that, you know, they keep on paying people not to work. Um, I know small business owners that are having a difficult time finding employees. Right. Because you're paying people to stay home. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how crazy is that? Well, let me tell you something. Back in 2014, French Hill said when he was running for Congress, he said, look, I've got uh, – well, first off, he said the biggest threat against America is our debt yeah. and our endless spending. Right. We've got to do something about that. I'm going to take my financial acumen from being a banker. Sure. And I'm going to go up and we are going to do something about the debt and we're going to certainly do something about spending. Sounded good at the time. It sounded good at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we were at that time 17 trillion in debt. Right. Oh, okay, here we are 8 years later, almost 7 and we are what? 30? Almost 30 trillion in yeah. debt. So whatever he was doing, if he was doing anything, didn't work. Right. My point is uh, that's why it's time for him to go. If that was our biggest threat, he said that, and he's done nothing about it, then it's clear he needs to go. Yeah, he does. And he so does. That's, and speaking of going, uh, I want people to know when they come uh, to my website, electconrad.com, uh, 
I ask that you consider donating to our my campaign. Absolutely. I've got to bring this up because it's important. Uh, we want to get our message to everybody. You can't do it one radio show at a time. You just can't. You've got to get out there. You've got to have TV commercials. You've got to have literature. And I'm asking everybody who's listening, okay, we've got five months between now and, and, and the primary. Even if you give $20 a month for five months, that's 100 bucks. Yeah. If we could get a five or 6,000 people to do that, that would be huge for, that sure uh, for, would. for our campaign. Absolutely. So I'm asking you, 20 bucks a month is a pizza. If you can just give up a pizza a month for five months. Absolutely. You can go to my website. You can hit a recurring a donation and put 20 bucks in there and uh, be on your credit card. And we stop everything at the end of the primary. It's all stopped. But I'm telling you, please think about considering supporting our campaign because we can't do it, um, you know, by, we're just wishing. Right. We need, we need money to be able Absolutely. to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. So when I did local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas uh, last spring, right. I had Ariel Davidson on. At the time, she was White House correspondent for Newsmax. And she said, last week, Homeland Security, at Biden's orders, shut down the program that was supposed to keep track of foreign terrorists and repurposing that money to go after, quote-unquote, domestic terrorists, white supremacists, whatever, here in the U.S. All right, fast forward to this past weekend, and you have a foreign jihad terrorist taking hostages at a Jewish synagogue in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro. And, And thank God... They were able to get the hostages out and take care of the jihadists, but the FBI is like, "Yeah, we don't know, man. We, uh, you know, we, uh, we don't don't know exactly what what the deal was there, what possible motivation this guy uh, could have had, and and even Biden, even uh, old Dementia Joe, of course." Yeah, who knows? He, he, this is what uh, Biden said. Well, no, I don't. We don't have. I, I don't think there is sufficient information to know about uh, why he targeted that synagogue, why he insisted on the release of someone who's been in prison for over uh, ten years, why he was engaged, why he was uh, using anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli comments. Uh, I, 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 we just don't have enough facts. So, I mean, this is, this is kind of ridiculous because the FBI was also saying, yeah, just uh, who, who knows? And again, as you say, you know, plenty of agents in, in local field offices who could have told you, but who know the truth. This is coming down from on high and yeah. Well, Search it me. Fit, it doesn't fit their narrative. I mean, really. And right. We all know that. Uh, just like the guy that drove the, car, the SUV through the Christmas parade. Right. Okay. Uh, In uh, Waukesha, know, Wisconsin. That's right. And what they say? SUV kills, you know, runs through. You know, they don't say the facts like they would. Well, they also said uh, right. apparently he was fleeing some kind of domestic situation. Right. And, right. and bless his heart, the guy just snapped. Instead of looking at his social media, he's a big Black Lives Matter uh, uh, activist who hates white people and had kept on threatening violence. Oh, and had recently been out a thousand dollar bail after running over the mother of his children with the same vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you either laugh or you cry. It's it's outrageous. But my concern, my concern about right. this deal with the foreign jihadists is we got a wide open southern border. You alluded right. to that earlier in the interview. That's exactly right. Um, and the office in Homeland Security, it was supposed to be keeping track of these people. Um, 
you know, at the behest of Biden or whoever's pulling his strings. Nah, that's not really the concern. That's not really the biggest threat. The biggest threat is uh, uh, your domestic uh, homegrown uh, white supremacist. I don't know any, you know. I don't either. But the, the concern is that they could have another big 9-11 style attack while this government is just asleep at the wheel. Well, don't think for a second that they're not plotting. Yeah. Of course they're plotting. We yeah. know that. We know that. And, again, a lot of the rank-and-file FBI agents also know that. Right. I know that for a fact. I've talked to them. They do. Uh, but, unfortunately, again, we've got a broken uh, administration. We've got broken leadership at all these organizations. And uh, it's going to take a Congress. It's yeah. going to take people who are in Congress who understand the intelligence system, I do, in order to fix it. And, yeah. uh, and that's one of the things, that's one of the things I bring to the table, I think. So, uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. The other day, a U.S. Senator Roger Marshall, uh, I believe he's Kansas, was confronting Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, wanting to know, hey, where's your financial disclosure form? Everybody else has to fill one out. And Fauci just freaks out. It's pu- it's publicly available. All you have to do is ask. Well, I'm asking. We can't find it. Well, looks like um, Senator Marshall has has found it. And, buddy, it's pretty deep. We're talking millions here when Fauci has just been a government employee for 50 years. And I would hope that when Republicans take over the House and the Senate, there will be some investigations of Fauci, even if he's left office by then. Oh, absolutely. Fauci is, is on the top of my list. Yeah. And, I, and there's, I've talked to several other congressmen, and it's on the top of their list, too. So yeah. uh, I think that uh, his day is coming. I mean, he, he keeps on lying under oath about his agency going around um, a prohibition by not only the Trump administration, but the Obama administration right. on gain-of-function research, which is the research in which they try to make viruses uh, more deadly, more contagious, easier to jump from one species to another. We're both sitting down here. I, you know, I, I don't want anybody right. shocked. But even the Obama administration was saying, okay, that looks too dangerous. I don't think we should be funding that. And Fauci's like, well, I can go behind their backs and do an end run, and 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 all the evidence has come out. And he keeps on lying under oath and keeps on yelling at Rand Paul for pointing out that he's lying under oath. Right. I mean, right. this guy. I mean, well, Fauci needs to be investigated thoroughly. Yeah. Again, there's a there'll be a whole host of investigations that will start uh, on, in January 2023. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. The website is electconrad.com. And the meet and greet, because I know you're bound to have some questions you want to ask too. The meet and greet is going to be Tuesday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. at Whole Hog Barbecue on Cantrell. And everybody needs to come on out and, 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 and meet Conrad Reynolds, shake hands with him. And ask him your questions and, and hear more about before you take off. Yes, sir. Uh, what else do you want to share with my uh, my listeners today? I just want you to know that um, you've got somebody in your corner. You're going to have somebody that's going to represent small town values here in Arkansas. You've got someone who's going to speak up. Uh, when I see something that's going wrong, I will not be scared 
and, and coward to not say anything. I will stand up. I promise you that. The other thing I will tell you is I'll, I'll maintain contact with you uh, back and forth every week to let you know what's going on in Congress. I think that's important. We have the technology these days uh, to be able to send back messages, what's going on, and keep you up to date for those who want to be kept up to date. Um, and, and, I, and my record speaks for itself. Yeah, uh, I've my whole life since I was 19 has ser- been serving this country, and I want to continue doing that in Congress. And I hope that you give me the opportunity. So I'm asking for your vote. I'm asking for you to go vote on May 24th, 2022, this year. And I want you to uh, know that your vote is not going to be wasted. Your vote is going to be to have a voice in Congress. And I am planning on, uh, and I, I'm I'll be proud to represent uh, the second district. You know, I, I do have to mention one more thing. I can't believe I forgot this. You were in, in the Army for 29 years. Right. You, you are a, uh, a decorated patriotic veteran. Uh, you were, uh, I think, one of the founders and the director of the Arkansas Veterans Military Hall of Fame for 10 years. That's correct. And if you could just say a few words to your fellow veterans and about perhaps improving uh, the VA and how they're being cared for. Well, uh, obviously, veterans are near and dear to my heart. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my, I've got three three brothers. They've all served in the military. I served. My son served in the military. Uh, we just believe that's something that you do uh, for your country. Uh, we're all patriotic. We love it. I love veterans. When I came back, I saw that we did not have a Hall of Fame. Uh, for veterans, we had a Hall of Fame for the largemouth bass. I've said that before, but we didn't have anything for veterans. So, and not not to denigrate the largemouth no, bass, no, no, but, but I think veterans are more important. Uh, I think so. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and and so I set out to make to change that, and uh, so I founded the Arkansas Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Um, and I was the chairman for 10 years. Uh, it's a great organization. If you find yourself at the Capitol, I ask that you go into the treasurer's office. There is any there. That's where our display is that has every name of every person who's been inducted. We have over 150 people have been inducted into the hall of fame. I'm very proud of that for the veterans who are listening to me. Now, one thing I can promise you, uh, I will have your back in Congress. I will make sure to the best of my ability, that Congress will do what they say they're going to do, and we need to take care of veterans, and I intend to do that. Absolutely. And my office will be dedicated to doing that. So um, you got to come vote. you got to get out there and vote, though. You can't just sit back and expect it to happen. You've got to get out and vote. Amen. Amen. All right. And come see Conrad Reynolds uh, tomorrow afternoon, 4 to 6. That is Tuesday afternoon for people listening to the podcast later, 4 to 6. At the uh, Whole Hog Barbecue on on Cantrell, four to six a Tuesday afternoon, and, and and I'll be there too, and and look forward to it. Been a real pleasure, Doc. Thank you for having me. On. Absolutely. All right, Conrad Reynolds, uh, Colonel Conrad Reynolds. Thanks for being on. Uh, it's an honor. God bless you. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Doc Washburn Show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. You can now listen live weekdays, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time at DocWashburnShow.com. Podcast available at DocWashburnShow.com and for download at Spotify, iTunes, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. We are on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at DocWashburnShow.com or call us at 866-609-3711.
All right, all right, all right. So what do you what do you think about this thing over the weekend? This uh, the hostage crisis there at the uh, at the Jewish synagogue in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and the FBI going, "No, we can't call it. No, I don't know. It's hard to tell." Yeah, we're uh, we're mystified. Lone wolf, though. Yeah, definitely uh, did it by himself for sure. Yeah, we know that much. And now the UK is reporting that they are questioning. Have they taken him into custody? A couple of guys over there, because this guy was from the UK. What what did it tell you that the mainstream media was saying, well, he had a British accent. I think he's English. Instead of pointing out he's a jihadist who's holding hostages demanding that an Al-Qaeda murderer be released from prison. I mean, what did that tell you? You know, it's almost like you can't really trust the media. I had the radio on in my car driving around over the weekend. And um, Fox News Radio. Remember Fox News? Supposed to be fair and balanced? Fox News Radio said something about uh, the lie that Joe Biden stole the election from Donald Trump. Okay, it's not a lie. They know it's not a lie. If they don't know it's not a lie, they're like a lot of, quote, journalists, unquote, who don't have the intellectual curiosity to even look into something, you know? Sorry. Can't trust them. Absolutely, positively, can't trust them. I mean... And that's what they're going to say. And that's what they're going to say. Yeah, British man with an English accent. Good grief. Oh, this out of Canada. The Ottawa citizen. Military leaders saw a pandemic as a unique opportunity to test propaganda techniques on Canadians, forces report says. A plan devised by the Canadian Joint Operations Command relied on propaganda techniques similar to those employed during the Afghanistan war. Yeah, but they wouldn't do that in the U.S., all right? I'm kidding. Of course they would. Yep. Yep, here we go, here we go, here we go. Tom Winter, NBC News correspondent. Doing uh, what uh, the late great Maharishi would say and ran back to journalism. Police in Manchester, UK, have arrested two as part of an ongoing counterterrorism investigation connected with a hostage taking a synagogue in Texas. The hostage taker was from the UK. Manchester, UK police say the two teenagers are in custody and being questioned at this time. How about that? How about that? Isn't that amazing? 
So I played the clip uh, from Biden a little bit ago where he says, I don't think there's sufficient information to know why he targeted that synagogue, why he insisted on the release of someone who's been in prison for over 10 years, why he was using anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli comments. I played that a little bit ago when our guest was still here. Noah Pollack over at the uh, Washington Free Beacon responds, if you oppose Biden's legislative agenda, you're a racist. But if you take a synagogue hostage on Shabbat while screaming anti-Semitic jihadist slogans, Biden isn't quite sure what to call you. Who knows? Who knows? Doesn't have a clue. Doesn't have a clue. So the question, the question is, and this is a tip of the hat to the FJC over on Twitter, why are the FBI, the mainstream media, and big tech covering for a foreign terrorist attack on American soil against the Jewish community? And Biden covering. And Biden covering. A lot going on. I don't know if you heard about uh, <clears throat> the uh, apparently the best tennis player in the world and what Australia has been doing to him. The latest update we have here from uh, Peter Sweden. So essentially the Australian government kicked Djokovic out of the country because they were afraid he would make people disagree with the government. Isn't that what dictatorships do? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it certainly is. It certainly is. Now, we were talking the other day about the fact that liberal Democrat politicians don't talk to anybody who's not a liberal Democrat, so they don't know how bad they look to the rest of us, right? So they inevitably go too far. They inevitably push too far. They inevitably get out over their skis, right? So the Michigan Democratic Party posted this over the weekend. They said, not sure where this parents should control what is taught in schools because they are our kids is originating. But parents do have the option to choose to send their kids to a hand-selected private school at their own expense. And this is what they desire. They continue, the purpose of a public education in a public school is not to teach kids only what parents want them to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to know. The client of the public school is not the parent, but the entire community, the public. And the great Christina Peshaw, press secretary for Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, says, it's incredibly good luck for the GOP that Democrats are actually running on the shut-up parents platform in 2022. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Again, they don't have a clue how they appear to us. 
Now, Audi has a new commercial out. I don't know if you heard about this. They link to it on their social media. Audi says, progress in the workplace, diversity and inclusion play a key role in any team dynamic. Therefore, Audi has introduced gender-sensitive language. In doing so, we open the door to more diversity of perspective, the ability to change and to learn. All right, so how much of the uh, commercial is going to be audio? How much just video? Let's see. Okay, we introduced gender-sensitive language causing strong and sometimes rejecting reactions. We respect all opinions, but our position toward diversity and inclusion is clear, Audi says. They say at Audi, diversity stands for pluralism. Oh, okay. Pluralism. All right. They say we believe in different ways of thinking. I'll bet. Says we're convinced that open and unprejudiced cooperation makes us stronger. Oh, I see. In our view, gender-inclusive language, Audi says, is a positive attitude toward diversity and equity. Oh, I see. And they say we're not the only ones. So they put some tweets up they're getting from people. Living a culture of respect and appreciation, is what Audi says. i got to tell you... Oh, hashtag futures and attitude. Frankly, the 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 the, uh, the monotonous music they got on this commercial will be enough to turn me off. What is that? Some reject from a Kraftwerk album from 1975? That's it's ridiculous. The great John Gabriel in Phoenix says, finally, a luxury car that lectures me. Finally, a luxury car that lectures me. Yeah, apparently um, Audi only makes left turns. But gender neutral. Gender neutral. Wait, what is this? Somebody had a response to this Audi commercial. The Times of Israel, May 27, 2014, German carmaker Audi reveals Nazi past. What? 3,700 concentration camp inmates were forced to work for auto company and deal brokered with SS. Tens of thousands of other laborers were made to work and thousands died. What? Yikes. Who knew, right? Who knew? YouTube has um, 
censored Senator Rand Paul. Even though now the even the uh, the New York Times is admitting the CDC concedes that cloth masks do not protect against the virus as effectively as other masks. But YouTube censored Rand Paul for saying the same thing. For saying the same thing. Now, I'm still pretty ticked off at what the Supreme Court did the other day. They did some good, but they also did some bad, right? I mean, I'm glad that they overturned Biden's OSHA mandate for companies of over 100 people. That's great. But why on earth then did Roberts and Kavanaugh go over and join with the libs to say, but if you're a healthcare employee, they can mandate that vaccine. Really? Really? Over the weekend, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis knocked Supreme Court Justices Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts for siding with the liberal justices to allow a vaccine mandate for medical facilities to take Medicare or Medicaid payments. On the Daily Wire Ruthless podcast, Daily Wire reported on the nurse mandate and the doctor mandate. Roberts and Kavanaugh joined with the liberals to allow the nurse mandate. That's a direct quote from Ron DeSantis, who continued. So here's what's going on. Think about how insane this is. Now in Florida, we protected the nurses, so we have people that are working, but in other states, they fire nurses who are not vaccinated. The governor continued noting that some liberal states could have COVID-positive employees working in hospitals who are vaccinated. Meanwhile, the unvaccinated, likely immune through prior infection, healthy nurses are on the sidelines fired. How insane are these policies? DeSantis emphasized, but honestly, Roberts and Kavanaugh did not have a backbone in that decision. That's just the bottom line. It's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. So, um, maybe the next Republican gov- uh, next Republican president should look a little bit more closely at his nominees. I mean, you can't blame Trump. I mean, the Federalist Society has a list. How are you going to get any better than that, right? Well, we have to. We have to. Oh, man, I don't know. Have you heard the latest about Glenn Maxwell, the uh, former girlfriend and pimp for Jeffrey Epstein, who didn't kill himself? Don't be surprised if we uh, wind up saying the same thing about her soon. Convicted sex trafficker Glenn Maxwell will no longer fight to protect the identity of eight Johns 
who allegedly had sex with young women she and her billionaire pedophile pal Jeffrey Epstein procured for them. A lawyer for Glenn Maxwell stated in a letter to federal judge Loretta Preska last week, oh boy, that she would no longer object to the identities of the John Doe's in a 2015 civil lawsuit brought against Maxwell by Prince Andrew accuser Virginia Jeffrey. Oh, boy. The January 12th letter signed by Laura Menninger, attorney for Glenn Maxwell, said after careful review of the detailed objections submitted by non-party does 17, 53, 54, 55, 73, 93, and 151. Counsel for Glenn Maxwell writes to inform the court that she does not wish to further address those objections. Okay, wait. A lot of people, when they saw the headline on social media, said, just eight? There were just eight guys? that Epstein and Maxwell procured these underage girls to have sex with? Well, no. Because these John Doe's have numbers 1753, 54, 55, 73, 93, and 151. So it looks like there are at least 151 of these so-called Johns. So what about the rest of them? Is the entire mainstream media burying the lead that she's only dropping her objection to those eight names being named? What about the other 143 of them at least? By the way, the uh, New York Post helpfully throws in the letter was written the same day a Manhattan federal judge refused to dismiss Virginia Jeffrey's case against Prince Andrew. Now, speaking of Prince Andrew, so the queen is basically taken away his title as a royal. Uh, as a royal? Am, am I understanding this correctly? No, I'm not going to dwell on it because, you know, we got a different thing here whole different kind of um, government and society and everything here. But uh, yeah, all right, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. I just thought it was interesting because it's unprecedented. New York Post reporting President uh, New York Post reporting Prince Andrew was told face to face by his mother Queen Elizabeth he will no longer be known as His Royal Highness. Looking stony faced, the embattled Duke of York was driven a few miles from his house, Royal Lodge, to Windsor Castle Thursday morning last week. There, the ninety-five-year-old Queen broke the news that she was stripping her. 
61-year-old son of all his remaining military titles and royal patronages in the wake of the sex assault lawsuit brought against him by Virginia Roberts Jeffrey. Andrew, of course, has denied the charges against him. During a private audience, the monarch told Andrew he will no longer be known as His Royal Highness in any official capacity and that he will be left to fight his lawsuit in the U.S. as a private citizen. Royal sources said it's believed that Prince Charles and Prince William discussed the issue with the palace as well. Andrew is only the fifth royal in recent history to stop using the uh, title His Royal Highness. Princess Diane and Sarah, Duchess of York, lost the styling after the divorces from Prince Charles and Prince Andrew, respectively. While Prince Harry and Meghan Markle agreed to lose theirs as part of their makes it deal with the Queen. Uh, what a mess. What a mess. Yeah, it's 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 outrageous. I mean, he lied, and I think he's going to be held accountable. This Prince Andrew guy saying, well, I don't sweat. I've got this genetic... Ah, please. Please. But I want, I want to go back just a minute to what happened in Dallas-Fort Worth over the weekend with the uh, foreign jihadist taking hostages at the synagogue, and thank God the hostages were okay. And thank God the uh, jihadist was dispatched. You know, instead of uh, instead of being treated um, with the utmost caution, compassion, and concern in a in a prison, he he got what he needed. The shock of his life or afterlife will be that. Um, He found out that uh, this whole thing about Allah and Muhammad um, is a fiction. Once he assumed room temperature, he had to stand before the real God, the God of the Bible. But that's home of the show. Uh, the great Steve Dace, former longtime Iowa talk show host. And I believe he's is he at the Blaze or Daily Wire. I keep on forgetting. Anyway out there on Twitter over the weekend saying, something tells me that if a Jewish man took hostages in a mosque, we would not be told afterwards his demands were not specific to the Islamic community. There wouldn't be an FBI spokesman saying he even wished everybody a happy Ramadan. FBI takes time out from ignoring the worst sexual predator in American history, Larry Nasser and other known wolves, inciting political narratives, and closely monitoring NASCAR garages to tell us, eh, really, the guy was just looking for an ideal hostage hold up and stumbled into a synagogue. Oh, I see. Yes, so the FBI needs to be defunded. No two ways around it. By the way, I don't know if you've heard, 
Washington, D.C. today, people don't need to show an ID to vote, but they have to show an ID to buy food at a restaurant. Hear about that? Washington, D.C. Vaccination required if you're over 12 years old to go into a restaurant, coffee shop, food hall, whatever a food hall is, like a cafeteria, I guess. Outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. You know, would you forgive me if I got to the point where I say, look, I uh, a lot of times really don't trust the government. I know, I know, I know. That puts me on the uh, radar screen for the uh, U.S. Department of Justice and their domestic terrorist operation because I don't trust the government. And yet, and yet I don't. There's just too much stuff they've done. There's just too much stuff they've done. I mean, why should I trust the same government that jammed Obamacare down our throats back in 2009? You know? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely Speaking of Obamacare, yeah, let me uh, let me ask you about that. Get your thoughts on that. Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? Now, if you answered yes to any of these, the website you need to go to. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you go to MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, first thing you see, big, bold letters, affordable plans. But like Obama, unlike Obamacare, these actually are affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Sweet. So you click on the button that says schedule call now to book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn. We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Also make sure you get a plan that doesn't force you to cover stuff like abortion that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs, unlike some of those Obamacare plans. The website is myfamilyhealthplan.com. Affordable plans save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the button, schedule call now to book a free consultation. My buddy Art Wilborn will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. All right, very good, very good. Looking forward to the uh, meet and greet with Conrad Reynolds Tuesday afternoon, 4 to 6, at uh, Whole Hog. 
whole hog barbecue on Cantrell in Little Rock. So, I don't know if you've heard about the new polling out about what Democrats believe about what should be done to people who refuse to get the uh, the jab. I got something coming up on that here in just a second. But uh, first, you know, it, it almost seems like yeah, I think it's I think it's that time. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the United States, which believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online, have it delivered to your front door, wherever you live in the continental United States, Tweet of the day brought to you by Red River Your Way. So, today's Tweet of the Day is a is a threefer. It's a triple tweet in a thread. Responding to an Islamic propagandist out there on Twitter who said Saturday afternoon, while the hostage situation was still ongoing, quote, you're about to hear some ugly and vicious Islamophobia and anti-Muslim bigotry this weekend from elected officials, commentators, and even mainstream media. Hope I'm wrong. People will use it to divide Jewish and Muslim communities for their political agenda, don't fall for it. So the tweet of the day was the response from RB Pundit over there on Twitter. He says, literally everyone knows why the Muslim man seeking the release of a convicted terrorist chose a synagogue. Everyone. So all this nonsense does is highlight who can and can't be trusted to tell the truth. There's no point in trying to get the leftists to admit they know why the synagogue was chosen. Just use it as a litmus test. If they can't be honest about this blatantly obvious thing, they can never be trusted and proceed accordingly. I mean, look at this scumbag talking about this Wajahat Ali, this uh, Islamic propagandist. If you wanted to actually avoid this so-called bigotry, also known as telling the truth about why a synagogue was chosen, the first step would be to admit the obvious reason a synagogue was chosen. Instead, the scumbag calls people telling the truth bigots. Yeah, he does. So that's your tweet of the day, a threefer. Tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the car dealership that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online and have it delivered to your front door wherever you live. 
wherever you live. Now, you ever heard of a uh, comedian named Norm MacDonald? Norm was a genius, but he often had people on his show who were not geniuses. His sidekick, Adam Egott, was not a genius. Another comedian, Margaret Cho, was not a genius. So I'm getting ready to play for you because this ties into the hostage deal. I'm getting ready to play for you something for a few years ago. Margaret Cho was a guest on Norm's video podcast. That time, Norm MacDonald trolled Margaret Cho right to her face, and she didn't get it. Now, take a listen. This is less than a minute long, and tell me if you don't think Norm MacDonald was a genius. Here we go. That's the problem when people want to deport all the Muslims from America. They think that they're all part of ISIS when in truth they're not. Not even different in well, I can't say my, well, I can't say my friend's name, but he said his biggest fear is <laughs> that ISIS or some uh, terrorist group like that would get a hold of a dirty bomb and explode it over a major city within the United States mm-hmm. and kill tens of millions of people because then the blowback against innocent Muslims would be absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. That's true. All right, let's do some jokes. <laughs> Did you get that? Did you get that? He's trolling her. She doesn't get it. The biggest fear is... ISIS or some other jihad group gets a dirty bomb, explodes it in the USA, killing tens of millions of people because the big fear is not that tens of millions of people get killed. The big fear is the blowback against innocent Muslims would be awful. She's like, yeah, yeah, right, right. You know... I got to tell you. I got to tell you. The tendency is to say people like that are stupid. But I'm not sure that's the case. I'm not sure that's the case. I wonder if it's just...
I wonder if she's so much in a bubble that she doesn't realize what she's saying. I wonder if Margaret Cho and people like Margaret Cho are in so much of a bubble, she doesn't even realize what she's saying. She doesn't even realize how outrageous it is to be more concerned about the uh, the blowback to quote-unquote innocent Muslims than to be concerned about the possibility of tens of millions of people getting killed. Ah. But that's what we're up against, isn't it? Let me, let me get to the... Uh, Let me get to the uh, the polling that has come out on Democrats. This is from Rasmussen Reports, okay? Pretty good polling firm. Usually closer to getting things right than the other polling firms. Article entitled COVID-19, Democrat voters support harsh measures against unvaccinated. While many voters have become skeptical toward the federal government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, a majority of Democrats embrace restrictive policies, including punitive measures against those who haven't gotten the COVID-19 vaccine. A new national telephone and online survey conducted by Heartland Institute and Rasmussen Reports finds 48% of voters favor Joe Biden's plan to impose a COVID-19 vaccine mandate on the employees of large companies and government agencies. That includes 33% who strongly favor the mandate. 48% are opposed to Biden's vaccine mandate, including 40 who strongly oppose the mandate. Voters are similarly similarly divided over the federal government's top COVID-19 expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci. 45% view Fauci favorably, including 28% have a very favorable impression of him. 48% have an unfavorable impression of Fauci, including 34% who have a very unfavorable view of him. The even split among voters is the result of deep partisan divisions. Why we got to be so partisan? (laughs) While 78% of Democrat voters... Support the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandate plan. Only 22% of Republicans and 41% of voters not affiliated with either major party support the vaccine mandate. Many Democrats would support even harsher measures, including fines for Americans who won't get the COVID-19 vaccine and criminal punishment for vaccine critics. Wow. Chris Talgo, senior editor and research fellow of the Heartland Institute, which commissioned this poll from Rasmussen, said, after two excruciatingly long years, likely voters are beginning to question the federal government's handling of the pandemic. He says, first and foremost, likely voters are beginning to sour on Dr. Anthony Fauci, who seems to have lost credibility after countless flip-flops. Moreover, Almost half of likely voters oppose President Biden's vaccine mandates, which seem 
less about stopping the spread of COVID-19 and more about increasing the power of the federal government. When asked about several other potential strategies, such as fining those who refuse to get vaccinated, the consensus among likely voters is the federal government should do less, not more. Huh. The survey of over 1,000 U.S. likely voters was conducted on January 5th by the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen Reports. Margin of, the margin of sampling error is plus or minus three percentage points with a 95% level of confidence. The survey found 75% of likely Democrat voters, but only 21% of Republicans, 38% of unaffiliated, have a favorable opinion of Dr. Fauci. Among other findings of the survey, 58% of voters would oppose a proposal for federal or state governments to fine Americans who choose not to get a COVID-19 vaccine. However, 55% of Democrat voters would support such a proposal to fine people for not getting a vaccine, compared to just 19% of Republicans, 25% of unaffiliated. 59% of Democrat voters would favor a government policy requiring citizens remain confined to their homes at all times except for emergencies. If they refuse to get a COVID-19 vaccine, such a proposal is opposed by 61% of all likely voters, including 79% of Republicans, 71% of unaffiliated. But 59% of Democrats are like, yeah, you should be locked in your house if you refuse to get the jab. Nearly half of Democrat voters, 48%, think federal and state governments should be able to fine or imprison, imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines on social media, television, radio, or in online or digital publications. You get that? 48% of Democrats think you should go to jail for questioning the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines. I don't think we're going to be able to reconcile with these people. I'm just telling you. CDC director herself has questioned the efficacy. Only 27% of all Voters, including just 14% of Republicans and 18% of unaffiliated voters, favor criminal punishment of vaccine critics. Really? Um, Who are those 14% of Republican voters? That's what I want to know. Favor criminal punishment for vaccine critics? 45% of Democrats would favor governments requiring... Citizens to temporarily live in designated facilities or locations if they refuse to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, so put us in camps, right? Such a policy would be opposed by a strong majority, 71% of all voters, with 78% of Republicans and 64% of unaffiliated voters saying they're strongly opposed putting the unvaccinated in designated facilities. While about two-thirds, 66% of likely voters, would be against governments using digital devices to track unvaccinated people to ensure they're quarantined or socially distancing from others. 47% of Democrats favor a government tracking program for those who won't get the COVID-19 vaccine. Well, you know, um, not not one Democrat voted against strengthening the vaccine database for the Fed's and the state governments keep track of our vaccination 
vaccination status. 80 Republicans in the U.S. House voted with the Democrats, including U.S. Representative French Hill, Central Arkansas. Yeah, that's messed up. Wow. Wow, I got to tell you. Um, how far are Democrats willing to go to punish the unvaccinated? 29% of Democrat voters would support temporarily removing parents' custody of their children if parents refuse to take the COVID-19 vaccine. That's much more than twice the level of support in the rest of the electorate. 7% Republicans and 11% unaffiliated voters for such policy. So 29% of Democrats think if you haven't been vaccinated, uh, the government should have the, the power to take your kids away from you. That's crazy. Oh, the survey asked about the ethnicity of uh, the respondents. Okay. The survey also found that more black voters, 63%, than whites, 45%, Hispanics, 55%, or other minorities, 32%, support Biden's vaccine mandate for government workers and employees of large companies. Sorry to hear that. That's a shame. That's a shame. But um, that's a tough one, man. I don't know how you're going to be able to reconcile with people who think the government should have the authority to take your kids away if you haven't been vaccinated. I mean, seriously? So at what point did they stop teaching civics in public school? Because people have no idea people have no idea what's in the Constitution. And what the government shouldn't be allowed to do. That's uh, that's distressing to say the least. I mean, good grief. That is so distressing. Now... We got some um, got some January six folks coming on Wednesday and Thursday, and I don't want to um, I don't want to be any more specific about that right now, okay? But what I will tell you is be prepared for some bombshells Wednesday and Thursday on the Doc Washburn Show. All right. We do have some uh, January 6th people coming up. And um, we'll let chips fall where they may. 
FBI says uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? This MLK Day 2022 and every day, the FBI remains dedicated to service and committed to protecting our communities. The The great Julie Kelly responds, only diehard Democrats believe this. The FBI now is openly mocked by most Americans and cannot survive this crisis of confidence. Congressional Republicans should hold a press conference this week to denounce the dangerous political weaponization of this agency. Amen. Amen. So, before I share with you what else Julie Kelly has to say, I just want to tell you how thankful I am for the Arkansas Cervical Center for taking care of me shortly after my most recent automobile accident. I was sitting four or five cars back from a red light on Colonel Glenn Road in Little Rock, Arkansas. The 36th Street hits Colonel Glenn uh, about a about a month ago. And I look at my rear view, and here's this little silver uh, Kia compact car, like a runaway train, like a house on fire, coming right at me. Coming right at me. And, boy, he hit me hard. I think he was doing like 20, 45 miles an hour. hit me hard. So, anyway, I was able to, uh, I was able to get into Arkansas Surgical Center, get my atlas adjusted, to try to stave off the whiplash, and they helped. And you know, there there are doctors like these folks. In other parts of the country, you can help you also. Let me tell you how this works. So this is the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from eight to fifteen pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your reproductive system circulatory system, even your digestive system. It can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, all kinds of stuff. So how do you know if you need to get your uh, your atlas adjusted? Well, look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you always tilt your head to the left or the right because that's how it feels most comfortable? If the answer to any of those questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. So if you're in central Arkansas, call Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, because we have listeners from all over the country, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click the tab that says find a doctor to see if you can find one near you. All right? It's just that simple. Okay, now, 
Julie Kelly. Updating us over to American Greatness. And I, okay, I did. I, I read this one last week, but it would behoove you to go to amgreatness.com and take a look at her article. We are all domestic terrorists now. Because clearly, clearly, that's the way that the Biden regime, you know, whoever is pulling his strings, that's the way they look at people who disagree with him. By the way, the FBI has now backtracked on the Texas synagogue hostage crisis claim. Now they say the Jewish community was actually targeted. How about that? We wouldn't have known without you. We would not have known without you. Now, I got some great news out of Virginia. I've heard about this. New Virginia Attorney General fires entire civil rights branch of the AG's office. On Friday, one day prior to being sworn in as Virginia's new Attorney General, Jason Miaris, Republican Virginia, fired 30 employees in the Virginia Attorney General's office, including the entirety of the Civil Rights Division. As reported by the Daily Caller, 17 of the 30 employees who were fired were attorneys. Following the mass firing, Miaris spokeswoman Victoria Lasavita said the new Attorney General was restructuring the office as every incoming AG has done in the past. She noted that Miaris and former Attorney General Mark Herring, whom Miaris narrowly defeated in November, have very different visions for the office. In response, Democrat Herring's former spokeswoman, Charlotte Gomer, criticized the move, claiming the fired employees were dedicated and professional public servants who do important work like investigate wrongful convictions, protect Virginians' civil rights, help to ensure free and fair elections, and prevent human trafficking and opioid abuse. Gomer said their absence will be a significant loss to the mission of the Office of Attorney General. Well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, I don't believe them because they're Democrats. Second of all, Miaris has said that he is going to be prosecuting prosecuting people that the George Soros prosecutors, local prosecutors in Virginia are ignoring. Okay? So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. And uh, Glenn Youngkin, Glenn Youngkin, the new governor of Virginia. Man, oh man, he's he's doing some stuff too. No more mask mandates. Sorry, Libs. 
No more mask mandates. That's number one. And and no more critical race theory outlawed. Executive order, first day in office. Not going to put up with it anymore. See, that's what a real conservative does. Glenn Youngkin signs 11 executive orders during first day in office. Republican Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin got straight to work Saturday issuing 11 executive orders within hours of his inauguration. Several of the orders were aimed at the issues within Virginia schools that gave him the edge over Democrat candidate Terry McAuliffe in the waning days of the election. In a press release, Youngkin said, It's day one and we're going to work just like we promised, directing the end to the use of divisive concepts, including critical race theory and public education with his first executive order. He further made good on his promise to parents with his second order by empowering them in their children's education and upbringing by allowing them to make decisions on whether their child wears a mask in school. Youngkin told Fox News' John Roberts on Sunday in his first official interview as governor, quote, in Virginia, it's clear under law that parents have a fundamental right to make decisions for their children's upbringing, their education, and their care. We're providing them the ability to make the right decision for their child with regard to their child's well-being. God bless you. That is phenomenal. I love ending the show on a, on a positive tone. Hope to see you Tuesday afternoon, 4 to 6, at Whole Hog Barbecue on Cantrell in Little Rock. If you're in the central Arkansas area for the meet and greet with Colonel Conrad Reynolds, your next United States congressman, I'm confident he's going to defeat Rhino French Hill in the May 24th Republican primary. You've been listening to episode 68 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in, sheriff, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier X. Well, that's the way it is. Monday, January 17th, 2022.